And again, thank you. No. <laughs> Uh, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? The hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each one of you to his home, and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have persecution, but take courage, I have conquered the world. These words were spoken by Jesus to the disciples right before Jesus is arrested, tried, and sentenced to death on the cross. I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have said this to you. In me, you may have peace. Peace. This fourth and final week of Advent is the week that we slow ourselves to sit at to wonder and to accept the arrival of peace through Jesus Christ. If you're new with us this morning, I'm glad that you are here. The four weeks leading up to Christmas Day, the day that we celebrate the incarnate God coming to be born through Jesus Christ, our King, is what we call Advent, these four weeks. And Advent is an old traditional practice, and it's an invitation for us to slow ourselves, to pause and reflect on what the arrival of Jesus in this world so long ago still means to us today. We have spent the last couple of Sundays reflecting that through Jesus' arrival on earth, he brings hope. Love. Joy. And today we light the candle known as the Bethlehem candle, and it is the candle of peace. Would you guys join me in a prayer? We're going to say this out loud together and pray. It's going to be on the screen behind me. O oh God of peace, come. Form us into your peacemakers. Enable us to look within ourselves, to make straight our crooked hearts, to patiently and lovingly await changes in ourselves and others. As you gather us tenderly and hold us close, may we also show that same compassion to the world. Fill our hearts with your peace, and our lives with your love, that these may flow from our lives and into our world. We ask this through Christ our Savior and our peace. Amen. Peace. It started from the beginning, the concept of peace. The Hebrew word in the Old Testament for peace is the word shalom. Everyone say shalom. And shalom is more than just a catchy like phrase that you'll see on a sign. Shalom, y'all, right? It's more than that. Shalom actually means wholeness and well-being. The world was created and it started in shalom. As well as humans, we too were created and started in shalom, a complete wholeness that was held together by God. 
The world quickly changed when Adam and Eve ate the fruit in the garden. They sought wholeness on their own, right? The quest for being in control took over and it put them and consequently us in conflict with God. But God had a plan to reestablish his shalom, both with earth at large and us individually. And I wanna take a quick look back with you over what was promised and prophesied in the Old Testament about God's plan for this reestablishment of shalom. In Ezekiel, God makes a covenant of peace with his people, and he promised that he would restore all things by sending a savior. We're not going to read that. It's two chapters long in the Old Testament today. But I encourage you to read that on your own this week. Ezekiel chapter 34 through 36. God makes a covenant with his people, and he promises a savior. Then Isaiah also prophesied about this Savior, and we find out what he is going to be called. We find out his name and some of the characteristics that he is going to hold. This is what Isaiah said, for a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. Not only was it prophesied that Jesus would come to reestablish wholeness, shalom, and that his name would be Prince of Peace among many other names, but in Micah 5.5, it is prophesied that he himself, he shall be the peace. God makes a covenant to reestablish. He promises to send someone to save. The Savior's name will be Prince of Peace, and this Savior will actually be the peace. Now, hindsight is 2020, right? Because as we are right now sitting here, we know that centuries, hundreds of years after these prophetic words were spoken, the story, we can pick it up in the New Testament, right? With Jesus, the Savior that was promised in the Old Testament, actually being born to Mary, a virgin, in Bethlehem, just as it was foretold. And right after he is born, we read this last week, we're going to read it again. These angels show up to shepherds in the field, and they say, do not be afraid, for I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Who is the Messiah, the Lord? This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he favors. God in flesh came to re-establish shalom for his people. This is good news, right? Now, doesn't it feel like peace abounds on earth today? Is that how you would describe the status of our culture or our world? Do you question if peace is even available to us today? This is my question for the week. Why is it so hard to believe that peace is available to us? 
It might be hard to believe that peace is available because of situational events. Broken relationships, broken families, broken bodies, diagnoses, war, death, social climates, overindulgences, conflict, chaos, political tension, situational events. Or it might be hard to believe that peace is available because of the cliche that peace has become, often expressed in silly platitudes that are offered to people who are experiencing chaos or heartache, conflict, or painful situations. If you can identify with either of those categories today as to why it's hard to believe that peace is available, you're not alone. And two questions that came to mind when I was considering these two different categories um, popped into my mind this week, and that is this. Is peace only present in the absence of bad situations? And is there a better place to hold peace than our words and our thoughts that we often try to pass along? More often than I'd like to admit, my default thinking of peace is when there is an absence of something undesirable, right? When there is an absence of sickness or conflict or fill in the blank, right? Then peace is there. It's achievable. But listen, if if God's promise came true in the birth of Jesus, and Jesus, like we read just earlier, is in fact himself peace, then peace isn't the absence of something undesirable. It is, in fact, the very presence that is desired. Right? The presence of Jesus. Peace is available to us all, in all circumstances, because Jesus arrived. Jesus didn't come to this earth to demand peace. He didn't rule with an iron fist, right, automatically and and just making peace happen. Oh, they wanted it. I think we do too, right? Come on, where are you, Lord? He instead offered himself. And Paul, Paul says in Romans, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That means that when we put our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are justified by that faith, and in return, we have peace, the Lord's presence. Peace is not the absence of trial and conflict, nor is it the immediate removal of conflict or trial when they arise. Peace is found in the Savior of Jesus. Wholeness is restored within a person, Jesus. And this is good news. We have the opportunity to walk out our relationship with the Lord and experience his presence. While we experience his presence, we have his peace within us. Now, after Jesus was born, we know this, right? He goes on to grow, he goes on to teach, he goes on to show and live a perfect life that we could not and die a death that we should, that we deserve, right? In order for us to allow a right relationship with God. He made peace between humanity and God. 
So when we accept and follow him, his spirit is given to live within us and we are given peace. This is all good news. And the even better news is that God's not done. He is still bringing peace and restoration to this world. And although this is good, it poses a challenge, right? Because we find ourselves living in what is called the already but not yet right? Shalom is not and will not be restored fully in this world until Jesus returns again. But those who follow Jesus right now and put their trust in him are already given the gift of peace through the Holy Spirit. We already have it. It has not yet come. It has not been revealed in its entirety. So events will still happen in today's world that will affect us, our loved ones, and a lot of people in the world. So how do we offer peace to others that are hurting? Or accept peace for ourselves when we need it? How do we express peace without platitudes or cliches? Now, without saying this as a platitude or a cliche, I would like to offer Jesus. I offer Jesus, the real Jesus. Not a, oh, bless your heart, the Lord is with you. Or peace be with you. I offer the real Jesus. The incarnate God himself who came as a gift and offers wholeness, peace that is beyond understanding, peace that guards our hearts and our minds, and peace that calls us into action to work alongside him in order to restore his creation to wholeness. I offer Jesus a relationship with Jesus. Not a perfect, all put together relationship, but an honest, transparent, and vulnerable relationship Now, I can testify both from my own experience and from walking with many of you that the peace of the Lord shows up in the most messed up, sideways, and horrible life events when you abide in him. The wide open wound of losing someone feels like it will never be healed, and yet, shalom is present. Relationships that leave destruction all over your life like a wrecking ball just came through, and yet, shalom is present. Thoughts taking over your mind that produce a million unanswered questions that only seem to have negative answers, and yet, wholeness is present. Now, these stories of peace showing up in the midst of chaos reminds me of another story that we find in Scripture. It's after Jesus was crucified on the cross. He was buried in a tomb, and then three days later, he was nowhere to be found. Right? Because he had done exactly that which he had said he would do. He rose from the dead. He then appears to Mary, right? And he says, Go and tell my disciples of everything you have just seen. 
She's obedient. She does. She goes and tells the disciples, and the disciples were scared for their life. Okay? Life as they knew it had changed. They followed this man, the Messiah, their Savior, in a way and that they didn't even understand. He's crucified. He's dead. What are we doing? I thought we were following this guy. Their life was just shifted upside down. Suddenly, everything that seemed to be unshakable was being shaken, and they chose to hunker down in the safety of a home and lock the doors behind them to protect them from the chaos and the political unrest that was luring on the other side of the door. And you know what happened the minute that they locked the doors behind them from the chaos? Jesus shows up. (laughs) Hello. No. But we're going to read along. This is what actually happens, okay? When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Fear, chaos, unknown outcomes of situations, and Jesus shows up despite the locked doors, and the first words out of his mouth were, Peace be with you. I am with you. I see you. You are known, you are loved, peace, I, me, I am here. The second words out of his mouth sound so very similar to the first ones, but he adds a really important line to it the second time around. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. In challenging times, Jesus wants to meet us in our fears and give us peace. But he also, in this statement, solidifies our purpose in these words. As the Father sent me, so I send you. The peace that Jesus gave to the disciples was designed to move them from behind that locked door of fear and into the purpose that that Jesus had for them. Peace doesn't look like a life absent of conflict or hard situations, nor is it a simple wish that we offer to others. Peace is a gift given to those who put their trust in Jesus alone, abide in him, and then move forward in his peace. One person at a time. Worship team, you guys can come up as I close this sermon out. We're going to close a little differently today. The hope that we carry today with us is that peace isn't a fairy tale or a fun story that we can retell around this time of year. Peace is tangible. Peace is tangible in the human, fully human, fully God of Jesus Christ. And shalom is just as available to us today as it was to the world 2,000 years ago. Now, I don't know where you are at in your relationship with Jesus. Some of you I do. 
but most of you. Um, I don't know that. And I also don't know your personal feelings about peace. I also don't know the specific life events that you are walking through. But instead of me wrapping up a sermon about peace by giving you some of my final thoughts like I normally do, I found the Lord asking me to instead allow time for us to do exactly that which we are practicing in this season of Advent. The Lord is asking if we would practice slowing ourselves right now. Asking ourselves to practice waiting, pondering, and preparing ourselves for his arrival of peace that he made available to us today. So I've asked the worship team if they would sing a song of peace over us. The words of the song are going to be on the screen if you want to follow along, but I'm going to ask you not to sing along. And instead, I would like you to spend time in relationship and conversation with your personal Savior, Jesus Christ, and consider the arrival of peace that he is offering you today. So as we do that, would you hear these words from Jesus himself when he said, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid.